it's only two days after the big event. Two days after the Oscars, we're all still a Twitter. We're we're still feeling it emotionally. Yes, recovered Mm -hmm. from. from one of the lowest rated Oscars in history. <laughs> Each year they get lower and lower. <laughs> nah, the film industry's not dying. No. I still have glitter in my ass. But for you, <laughs> that's Mike Schmidt, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the glitter in his ass <laughs> here on uh, Comedy Film Nerds uh, Oscar Wrap-Up. So yep. we did the big live video stream, which was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed doing it. This is episode 409. 409. For a big Oscar wrap-up. Uh, but yeah, we want to thank everybody for uh, tuning into the live stream. I know it was a little hard to sync up because it wasn't quite live, real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys did it, and uh, some great comments, and you guys supported the store, and we appreciate it. It was it. cool. And we're mm-hmm. a third of the way to 1227. Nice. 409. <laughs> <laughs> that big 1227 Nicely party. Done. <laughs> we called you the human abacus on the comedy circuit for a long time. Yes. Now we know why. <laughs> Folks, you see it in full effect. He's in full effect. Like 80s hip-hop. I, got, I, I, I don't know. I always had a weird uh, basic math. I can, do, I can do the same thing. Yeah. That weird thing where you're just like, yeah, just look at it and go, yeah, okay, it's mm-hmm. that. Human calculators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but on the most rudimentary level you could ever imagine. Okay. You know I mean, <laughs> yeah. you get in two digits, you get into three digits, maybe, but then you start getting to four digits. It's like, I'm not fucking Russell Crowe, please. Yeah. <laughs> Toss me out a window. Fuck it. Uh, quarter of the way to 1636. Oh, nice. Um, so, <laughs> so, all right, overall. Overall, a decent show. A decent show. Yes. I think it was, you know, obviously... The same uh, criticism as all the shows. Too long. But that that, that criticism, I've said this before. Let that the fuck go. Don't act every year. Don't act surprised when a show that's consistently three and a half, four hours is suddenly three and a half half or four four hours. hours. Like every year it's like this. Don't complain it's too long. There's, there's, uh, There's no attempt to make it shorter. Don't. None. They Well, they'll give... They'll certainly give lip service to it that they're going to. It's like it, it's. I'm a huge baseball guy, mm-hmm. and now everybody's. We got to make the game shorter. We got to do this thing where you only one visit per, to the mound per inning, or you get oh, a pitch clock. Dude, it's baseball. If if you like baseball, watch a lot of it. If right. you don't, don't watch it. Right. But mm-hmm. don't come and tell me that my sport is too long. Go watch mm-hmm. something else that's short. Yeah. And same with the Oscars, man. You don't want a a, a long ass congratulatory self backslapping show. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Yeah. It's you know the what? same as it is every year. Yeah. Thank oh yeah, that's never gonna change. Big speeches, mm-hmm. back self congratulatory. Yeah. Well, look at how great we are. <laughs> short shrift to some assistant costume person who wants to thank their mom. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Violin <laughs> bow hits him in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the fourth person who walks up to go and i want to smash yeah it's a viola crash over her neck social issues tangentially referenced yeah exactly (laughs) it's exactly somebody no one's ever heard of so my mom when she had can't meanwhile francis mcdormand just gets the fucking wax on and never acknowledge that it was all white women nominated in her category francis mcdormand puts her oscar on the floor yeah yes (laughs) the other women got to stand there and blaze through it like john mashita in a fucking trombone slide hits him in the head to get him off the fucking stage Please give these people their moment. <laughs> um, well, so, let's start with the monologue. What did you think of the monologue? I, you know, I, 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 I've never been a huge Jimmy Kimmel fan. I say mm-hmm. that because I thought he did a fine job. I thought it was. I thought what what considering it's like two years ago we talked about Chris Rock, right? Whose monologue when he was really bringing up that was the, the big big acknowledgement of the Oscar so white thing, mm-hmm. and it was funny at first, and then and then as the show kind of wore on, it was too much. Right, he was just everything was black white, everything was you know, and I I thought Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, handled this in 
the best way you could. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, that's why I, I say that I've always, I haven't ever watched him and gone, wow, he's awesome. But he's had these moments where he's, he's fought a good fight for certain things. Like when he, mm-hmm. um, took the side for Conan O'Brien, you know, I mean, that was, I'll, right. I'll give him credit for that. Um, and what he's doing with healthcare with his child. Yes. Um, but that being said, I don't watch late night TV cause I think it's a dead fucking medium. I think I watch, <laughs> I watch the, every time I watch any late night show, it's like, Oh, I'm in a TV museum. So, some would say that about the Oscars, right? It's right. a dead medium. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, and I, I find myself floating in that a little bit. You know what I mean? Where I, I get, I get, I'm do I watched because I'm doing the show. I'm not joking. Right. I haven't watched right. the last two years. I used to go to parties all the time. We used to have ballots and, uh, you know, Oscar pool. And it was really fun. Mm-hmm. But as I fell off, you know, being friends with a lot of people or whatever, or getting invited to those parties, um, I found myself not not really caring as much. Watching the Oscars is going to become a niche market. <laughs> it really is. And I got to say, I don't know this year. Like in years past, I've watched the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes and everything mm-hmm. to, you know, keep abreast because of the this, this show that we do. This year, I didn't. I had fun watching it. Doing the live stream was cool. Yeah. And a lot of people watching the live stream saying, this is the only reason I'm watching the Oscars. Right. And I got to tell you, if we weren't doing this show, I don't, I don't know. I love going to the movies, but I wouldn't be rushed. I wouldn't see a movie every week. Yeah. I like going to the movie theaters. Like that's something I've always enjoyed doing, and I will. I will. Right. Is this the final episode of comedy? Yeah, Founders? I was going to say. I, <laughs> what the it hell sounds just like happened? it's. It sounds like it's leading up to something. Yeah. <laughs> I have big announcement, guys. Um, I'm out. Uh, but but no. I hear what you're saying. Oh, you know, we've because you've been doing this show for um, nine years now. Uh, it's been it's been a while. It's been a minute, as eight, they say, as young people years, will say, yeah. eight years. And divide you 409 change. by twelve, <laughs> <laughs> or by fifty-two. And and but you change as guys. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You, um, you and I are talking. Your daughter's thirteen. Holy I God, know. that's ridiculous to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've changed as a person. We all change, and so you think you, you did this because you loved it and you love seeing movies and you were filmmakers and it really interested you. But then, as you get older, and maybe it doesn't so much anymore, and, and other things take precedence, and it can lead you to kind of drift away a little bit. And so you may force yourself to be involved. And then, yeah, I know that's not the case because you love it so much. But the Oscars are the tangential part. I mean, movies are movies, right. and you're always going to love movies. We're always going right? to love movies. But the Oscars but... is that that weird circus part of it where you're like, well, I don't need to see this. Exactly. Really. I, I don't need the Oscars to enjoy watching movies. That's a great point, and yeah. I feel the same way too. Like, I watch the Oscars, and, you know, some people make some good speeches, and it's like, uh, we've talked about this in the past, like, hey, you've got all these people watching. Here's an opportunity to... to dr- uh, You've got a soapbox. Bring a soapbox. And like, mm. you know, certain documentary filmmakers, they're talking about a, what this subject or that subject and it brings awareness and I'm, and I'm good. I'm glad with, for that. Mm. But, you know, it's hard. And we've talked about this in the past. I'm watching this show and we talked about it live Sunday. So good for Francis McDormand. Okay, let's hire more women. But it's hard to watch a bunch of millionaire rich white ladies with a shit ton of privilege wearing $30,000 in clothing and jewelry who have, I guarantee you, they're not cleaning their own houses and the, the women of color cleaning their houses, do they, do they give them? But um, this gets, but this gets to who you've become as a person, who you've become course, as a guy, because, because honestly, let's not just limit it to what rich white ladies, that room is full of, of Scrooge McDuck a, motherfuckers, which yeah. is fine. <laughs> and, and that's the way it is. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe we 
don't need to see Scrooge McDuck motherfuckers give each other hand jobs once right. a year it, it, and for four hours. And yeah. so I, because that's what it turned me off three years ago, where I just kind of went, this is a. I'm uh, not going to let that criticism go that it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's become, and, and again, it's the changes in me. I'm not, I'm not saying they or whatever. It's tone deaf. It just, it's, it's, it's a tone deaf because it's, you know, even, even some of the movies when I, when you watch, you watch three billboards or whatever you, you, I'm sure when they were making three billboards, it didn't, they didn't think it was going to be problematic or tone deaf when it came out. But then when it did, because of changes in the world, you got kind of to looked at it with a jaundiced eye and went, Ooh, hold on. The racist right. cops, the hero guy, like, right. you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So the world is moving so quickly now that I think it's affecting these things. And, well, and also it takes so long to get a movie made. Like, you know, when you're making the movie, the uh, uh, the social climate and atmosphere could be completely different than when it comes out. Right. Yeah. So right. Those that's things, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And so the same with the ceremony. You know, they because we've been hearing about the, the Me Too and the What's Up or and the What's Up, Time's Up. Yeah. The, the What's Up. Hashtag What's Up. What's up. <laughs> <laughs> the Bud guys are coming back in a big way, uh, but then, but then they do. But again, and th- those are all unbelievably important things, clearly mm-hmm. in the real world as well as in the Hollywood world. But then they give you a, a five and a half minute black and white somber cello music bullshit thing where they bring out Annabelle Shiora for her first public appearance, and and she's with Ashley Judd and Salma Hayek, and we're like, oh well, we might know you guys are together for this, and then they throw it to the the taped clip, and you just go, that's it. That's all you did? I mean, I don't expect them to change the world in that instance, but it almost seems like even doing that small amount, which they might think is a big amount, is short shrift to a problem that's eating the world. Yeah, and it's also, too, I mean, like you say, we've changed. Like, I, in the last year, have become way more of a socialist. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on a second. You? <laughs> and so so I'm just like... None of us have noticed that, Graham. No. <laughs> it just hasn't permeated no. every corner of my life. You palm-striked your local congressman and put a Lenin stamp on his head? I didn't, <laughs> well, I didn't know that when I saw that was happening. I thought it was a bit, but, I mean, good for you. <laughs> but, no, so I'm sitting there, and it's it's I'm looking at everything like, you know... There's a lot of people, you know, 60% of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings. And as you say, I'm watching a bunch of millionaires of all ethnicities. Everyone in that room is a privileged fucking millionaire. But they also can't win because if they go and they try to draw attention to the plight of the poor and the masses, then the anonymous trolls and roaches and everybody else on Twitter will go, oh yeah, you hide behind your big walls with your armed guards, you Hollywood phonies and you liberals. Well, no, no, like no, they, no. Can't, they can't win, well, dude, even I, if they reach no, out. You can't win against the fucking idiot trolls on the internet. True. Fuck, so fuck them. I don't, they, I don't, I don't put them into the equation. I right. will say this though, they can win in terms of their own <laughs> hypocrisy. If you're going to sit there and n- none of them are like, I sold my $10 million home and I live in a, I live in a, a nice million dollar condo and I gave 9 million. None of them are doing that. But I, but why should they have to? Yeah. I saw your eyebrows go up. I saw your eyebrows <laughs> they go absolutely up. Cause you know, I still have a foot in the old world. I do. I, I, they, they made it, they earned it and, and they, they're, that's what the market will bear. Then, then, then here's the thing. Then just do that. Then just, how are they better? The Republicans, the conservatives, oh, that's just, this is a movie podcast. No, it's not. Yeah. You brought the show. Yeah, you brought it up. <laughs> so, 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 and, and if they're going to sit there and, and, and say, I'm fighting for this cause and this cause and this cause. Great. But this one, nah, that one cuts into my summer home. Nah, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, I, it, who said that? I mean, I don't know who's, who said that or who did that. I mean, I, we I don't think know you what have to people... look at it as a, a sometimes in a broader Savers. sense that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, any good is good. Like if, uh, 
Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie are going to poor areas in Africa and bringing the cameras with them. It's good. You know, there's yeah, you bring a couple of kids home with you. Yeah. It's, it's, it yeah but, the, you know, all that stuff is good. Now, is there hypocrisy? Of course there is. But at the same time, like, you know, we're watching the Oscars and we were talking about this during the live stream. It's like, you know, it's almost like baby steps. We're, we're moving in the right direction with, uh, you know, baby social steps awareness. Lost, correct, wasn't it? it was one of yeah. The, yeah. It was, I believe it lost, unfortunately. It did. It was a, uh, one of the short films. <laughs> uh, so I think it's good. But yeah, of course there's hypocrisy. Of course their Oscars are going to constantly get, um, you know. The last time uh, we had a Native American presenter on stage was one that wasn't scheduled. Prior to West Study, it was uh, Sasha Littlefeather when she took the, the award for Marlon mm-hmm. Brando. Yeah, and, so, and what is she doing up there? You're not supposed to be there. You weren't invited. Yeah. Where's, what's yeah. Brando doing? Get off your island and accept your award, yeah, you fuck. Yeah. What are you supposed to be, fancy? Get off your island. And also, why are we boys yeah. Brando off the hook? Brando sent a fucking Indian to get his goddamn award. You sent a Native American? Well, then well, aren't you just a, a slave owner yourself, Brando? I indict you, sir. No, yeah. Now you're just being a troll and you're just finding ridiculous <laughs> arguments because you know what I'm saying is correct. Um, so I, No, I'm trying to be... F- I'm having... F- trying to have I'm not. Fun. I'm not having fun. I know you're yeah. not. <laughs> so... Uh, so let's get into Best Picture. By the way, Wes, <laughs> uh, Wes uh, Study, is that his name? Studi, yeah. Studi. Uh, after that performance, we're not getting another Native American for another 75 years. Yeah, when so. he called out all of Hollywood for being pussies that aren't in the military. No, when he couldn't read a yeah. teleprompter and his jacket blinded me with its blueness. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. What did one of our guests say? Feathers and leathers? Is that uh, what well, yeah, that's, that's what that's what uh, Sheila Shalaki said yeah. is she'd like she's would like to see more. She's Native American would like to see mm-hmm. more Native Americans on screen that aren't just in feathers and leathers. Right. Like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just be in a regular movie, not mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. the Indian? You know what I mean? Not well, we a, had Thunderheart. That's from the right? 90s. Yes. Wow. Yeah. From Val- 1994. <laughs> Boy. We're really. I like that Chris yeah. had it locked and loaded though. He's yeah, like, oh, yeah. I hope to God this Native American thing comes up because yeah. I am going to drop a thunderheart anvil yeah. in the middle of the fucking table. Val, Val Kilmer <laughs> saved that. The white that guy movie. playing yeah. the native man. Great example, Chris. I like Great it. Great example. Yeah. And I then think, his, well, he had uh, a feather in his pocket or something. Sure, I'm sure. Whatever. My favorite part of that movie was that Johnny Depp, was, great uh, Native American. When, when he uh, <laughs> when he was with the uh, the Native American policeman, mm-hmm. and Val Kilmer was the one that had the vision. So oh, <laughs> the white guy had yeah, the, the white guy had the vision, not the native, not the yeah, actual not the, native American, yeah, the, the native white American. actor who's yeah. not really native, yeah, had who's the, part had the native vision. in the script. Perfect. So, so the, the Oscars is, is frozen in Amber. It just is. I oh, mean, yeah. it's, for it's, sure. it's one of those for things sure. that's not going to, you know, anything short of, I, I mean, it's, you know, what you are rooting for, which is anarchy and flipping of podiums and a, and a campfire. It's not what I said. Uh, <laughs> it's not what I said. <laughs> it's not exactly. what I said. That's what I took from it. So <laughs> calling out rich people to give back more because there's a huge wage inequity and I'm a godless I, hippie that wants to throw the podium. I'm all for eat the rich. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> believe are you sure? You just said otherwise. You just said she earned her right to sit in her fucking mansion. Well, let's put it. If you get rich, it's a chance you take. You might get eaten. But I mean, the point is you can still get rich. <laughs> you might get eaten and rich. Yeah. So you could get I'd, it. I'd, I'd, I could be honest with you. I'd throw 30 years of rich in there if I got eaten at the end of it. I don't give a flying right. fuck. Go ahead. Take me out. It's too late for me. But if at 20 of you just said, hey, man, you're going to have 30 fucking amazing rich years. And then yeah. at 50, you would get an apple in your mouth and throw you out a spit. Right. As long as right. you kill me before I'm on the spit because I don't want to go Cornell Wild like fucking naked prey. I'm done. I'm in. <laughs> kill me and eat me if I'm What yeah. did you think of Jimmy's uh, monologue, Mike Schmidt? I, that's the hardest job. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's got to – he can't do anything – 
too controversial. Uh, exactly. They can't do anything cutting. It, it was definitely safe, but it was like it wasn't crazy safe. Like it was like yeah. it was like it wasn't Jimmy Fallon safe. No, it wasn't Jimmy oh Fallon Christ, safe. No, no. no. But Jimmy it was, Fallon uh, would literally still be doing a soft shoe if he had hosted the Oscars. Right. We'd still right yeah, now the yeah. monologue's still going on. <laughs> him doing a weird dance and sipping water nervously. So, uh, but it was okay. It was uh, you know it's the it's the Billy Crystal conundrum. It's like you got to get somebody who won't. Uh, who can, you know, nudge and, you know, mm-hmm. rub Hollywood a little bit, but not too hard. You know, you can't make anything too controversial or too, uh, or too biting. But that, or, so uh, that's why... Or you'll you have know, Ricky Gervais at the uh, Golden Globes, right. which I love. I love, but yeah. they hated it because he yeah, was like, well, you guys are all a bunch of rich assholes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I, Katie Holmes, I can't even look at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it was hilarious. Called out Mel Gibson. He yeah, said, yeah. So People that work in TV are ugly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, I, and yeah, funny, but that's not what they want for that show. That's not it's what they want. Clearly, no, not no, what they no, want. Again, no. because nobody puts on their thirty thousand dollar ball gown to go and have that happen and, and get mocked to their face. Nobody does. No. They want to so. hear the agent jokes and the mm-hmm. producers dating, you know, people dating younger women jokes. Right. They want to hear those jokes that they hear there every was almost year. A, there was almost an Oscar pool of checklist of old jokes that they yeah. uh, that you list, you literally hear at every single Oscar. Uh, yeah. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Because so, I, I liked Chris. You know, God bless the monologue ago. writer monologue. from... Yeah, God bless the monologue writer from 20 years ago. He's still getting residuals. Because it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same <laughs> the guy joke. The Oscar construct yeah, monologue. Yeah, it's yeah. A te- it's actually a template in, in your yeah. uh, final draft. Right. Oscar <laughs> 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 monologue. It's Bruce it's B- over Bruce and over Belancha. again. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so it's I thought just, the monologue, it was okay. It was well, like, you have to be okay. You have to be safe. You, you, right. you do that little tweak, a little bit of that sparkle in your eye, you nonsense, know. whatever. But this is why... You know, we, I think we've actually had this conversation before. You know, when Hugh Jackman did it, turn it over to a guy like that. Let a guy do a, a song and dance man and do production numbers right. and everything, and, and why not? Didn't That's... quite work with Seth uh, McFarlane. I mean, they didn't like him for sure. Because he, he's not uh, he, one of them. Right. And right. he also— He, he might pushed, be rich. And he pushed things. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably he, one of the richest people in that room. <laughs> exactly. But to them, it doesn't matter. He's, yeah, not, yeah. he's not a star or, a, you know, any of that stuff. And also, so. he— Jimmy uh, Kimmel needs— He did a song Jimmy... about I Saw Your Boobs, and then that was like, oh, my God, did you hear what he did? Yeah. That was like, oh, Well, Jimmy oh Kimmel needs all of these people to come on a show, and he needs these people to want to be interviewed Absolutely. by him. So he can't be too mean or biting. He no, can't dude, call anyone out in there. It's all a—it's a circle jerk, all of it. I mean, oh, it just, for it just sure. It just kind of is. For sure. and, and, and did so, they announce he's going to do next year yet? I don't know. Well, Graham says there's no ceremony next year. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're putting torches that was to these it. people. That was it, the last one. Uh, uh, we're going to add up so. all of our diamonds that we would have worn. You, you we're going to give it to people that you know, fucking work for a living. You know what's interesting? It, it's, well, hey, when could these people wear their blood diamonds in public? One night right. a year. Give them yeah, a fucking yeah. break. Yeah. Right? And they don't even have to buy them. No, you know, exactly. They're, they're given with the outfits. I watch so. it and I go, I don't know why people hate America. So... <laughs> you picture, come on, come on. We had a at home. Best, we, now wait op- a minute. We had a best foreign film category. They open oh, their on. infant bone jewelry box. <laughs> <laughs> they pull out some rouge out of their monkey skull hole <laughs> container. They throw it on their face. They throw on their blood diamonds. They come out and they have a good time. Yeah. They throw money to the pores. They feed them red vines at the theater next door and pretend like that's a bit. And everyone's yeah. happy. The yeah. fuck is that? Which, dude? by Come the way, on. the other thing was it was a uh, it was just an, another take on the bit that he did last year. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was in like but I got a, I, listen. It's if you're funny. Gonna have, it was good. If you're going to mm-hmm. have a group of celebrities go and visit the poor's and bring them things, how do you miss the opportunity to bring cake? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and let them eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so monologue, meh. 
okay, you know, but yeah. but that's exactly it's what just, we yeah, it's, expected. It's, but that's all that's all it's ever yeah. going to be, right? You know, mm-hmm. after after Jude Law, you know, almost quit Hollywood and show business because he got made fun of. Everybody went, oh, oh we I can't know. do that anymore. Oh, yeah, poor dude, Jude Law. Yeah, look how look how upset he got. Uh, I'll tell you, one of my favorite hosts always will be uh, David Letterman. I, you know, I loved when it. He, when yeah, he, uh, I know he because he, he'll tell you it's the worst thing he's ever done, and he hates it. But he yeah. hates himself every time you hear him talk. It's such a drag. Mm-hmm. Shave he, the beard and fucking go to therapy. I'm tired of listening to a millionaire complain. I, mm-hmm. I well, he all right. First of all, the beard is the beard, and I totally get the beard because he's just like, hey, look, I shaved every day for fucking forty years. I'm never doing it again. I'm never. So I'm I'm right. on board with the beard. But I but I just he's got to hillbilly an old comic beard. Uh, yeah, but I, I listen. I don't want to him. see any more Civil War recreationists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just shave your goddamn face. I don't care what you're going through in life. I like it. I, I think it's great. You know, he's got mm-hmm. Paul Shaver hiding in there occasionally to do a good laugh. <laughs> um, but uh, but I will say that, you know, hearing an interview, because Letterman is a hero. He's literally the reason I'm talking to you guys, one of them. And uh, But to hear him in an interview when anybody tells him he's good and him deflect and say, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, it really gets frustrating because you go, just just... Just accept one it. ounce of courtesy. Just right. you know, we're trying to tell you how much you mean to us. Ah, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm I'm. Come on, I'm I'll, I'm. Ignorant. I'd like to talk I to just... him and then turn it around when he does that. Go. You know what? Fucking put one in your mouth, old man. You fucking ruined comedy. <laughs> Television's awful. You should kill yourself. What and happened to you? Let me see if he fights back. <laughs> see if he fights back. Would, oh, he actually. I think he would actually. He's that's that what I would like to see. God. I would force him into fucking. Accepting God, what would a you say to Ernie Kovacs? <laughs> oh, I just had three monkeys come out and hit him with a mallet. <laughs> Ernie Kovacs. Nice reference. Yeah. <laughs> Thunderheart, Ernie yeah, Kovacs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, 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 I'm timely. Gonna, I'm gonna, so timely. I'm going to go back as far as the 90s. <laughs> that's, as, that's as far as I go. 18? Uh, one of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the uh, one of my favorite bits I, was uh, when Letterman did that bit with the cab drivers and the popcorn. Uh, that's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Oh my god, I don't I don't remember that bit. Yeah, sadly, but it shows you. I mean, even even Chris Rock. I remember when he did the Oscars <clears> maybe <throat> ten years ago, and he made some joke about Jude Law or something like being in a bunch of movies. Some, some actor is like, wow, this guy's in everything was the joke he was making. He right. nominated a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And not sh- an offensive joke an by offensive any all. stretch of the imagination. And Sean Penn gets up there and goes, uh, I'd like to say to our host, uh, yeah. Jude Law is one of our best. One of our oh, finest actors. I'm like, up. what is wrong with you? Yes. And this is like, okay, yeah, because this is it's, why people hate Hollywood. Because it's a geranium of, of self-importance and, and nonsense. That's what the Oscars is. It's this... There's no, I bet there's not even any air in the room. You know, they just, <laughs> they just breathed coins. I mean, it's yes. like, oh, the fu-? and that coins, <laughs> they, actually, they, none of those people have seen fucking coins in years. Yes, they So, I mean, it. it's, it's I, I, again, it's just an out of touch dinosaur, but that's what it's always going to be. And that's, and, and you'll always have a cake on your birthday. And the you'll, other thing about it, too, is March. I really think at some point the Oscars have said, this is what we are. This is what we're going to be. We're not going to change. We're not going to try to become more relevant. What they tried to do to become more relevant was to add more best pictures, like uh, to try yeah, to get it to course. 10, to actually get, get to nine more people to watch. And it's always nine. <laughs> the other thing that they, um, you but know. But I'm going to stop you real quick, because you're, you're probably right. They said those things. But but absolutely with 100 times more defiance than you're lending that phrase. We're not going to change. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do what we want. I guarantee you. They think they're doing nothing wrong, pal. Right. They, right. they think this is what everybody loves us, and this yeah. is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and they're not, I mean, they have to be looking at every year the ratings are lower than the year prior. Yeah. Yes. People I, are the movies. Well, that's a lot of to court but, cutting and all that nonsense. And the too. bean counters too TV, are probably looking period. at right. it though. You but, know, it's live TV, but, but you're also still getting ticket millions sales, of people. Like, 
the big blockbuster movies are doing, the tentpole movies are doing They're well, doing but overall fine. people are not going to the movies as much as they were. Overall well, the movie attendance is, is ending. I mean, over, it's just, overall movie attendance is down. You're going to have sure. to start with same day release uh, eventually. You and, know what I mean, where you can put it in people's houses as well as in the theater at the same time, because you got it's. I mean, I think Netflix is killing you. I think yes. that's where we're moving. Yeah. I, I do. Um, now, one of the things that they also said that for the lower. Um, um, viewership and i don't believe this is that because a lot of these best picture nominees didn't make a ton of money like there were not any like blockbuster movies uh like a dances with wolves or something that made you know a, a ton of money yeah and, and i i think that's an excuse i don't really believe that i think it's more the oscars that people just aren't interested in not necessarily the films well they've been you know um, they've been saying that a lot since dark knight was nominated because people t- tuned in that you know that show did have I, th- I think it had a pretty good audience, mm-hmm. but but then everybody's like, well, you got that's why you got to nominate these movies. This is what people like, so that's what you will get your viewers. And so now every year they always take them to task and go, well, you didn't nominate any blockbusters, you didn't do any of that, you know. And and it's it's a cop out. I mean, it's just you know because right. what do you want? I mean, because go watch the People's Choice Awards if you want to see that. You know what I mean? It's right. just that's not what the Oscars is, has been, or ever will be. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's get into uh, analyzing some of these winners. Uh, should we? Uh, which direction should we go in? We're not going to go through all of them. We did no, we're last, not. We did last we'll, we'll, do, we'll do the big ones. We'll do the I big think. ones. Uh, we'll do Best Picture. Let's talk about Best Picture. That's, um, the, that's the big one. I that's thought the, this was... The uh, closer. Uh, we were talking about how this was a pretty strong category. Uh, 80%. <laughs> you okay. know? Yeah, Phantom yeah. Thread had no business Yeah, Phantom Thread had no business being what? here. Uh, I liked Phantom Thread. Oh, I, how you're dare kidding you. Me. I liked the movie. Uh, all right, you get it. All right, let's talk about who we're talking to here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like quiet movies where people are doing quiet things. I, I, I'm on board with that, and so I did enjoy Phantom Thread. Wow, you're the first person I've talked to who enjoys. I saw it the night it opened in 70 millimeter. I at, at like midnight. <laughs> are you kidding not, me? I'm not. I had the program. They, they gave you, away programs. You, you saw it in 70 millimeter. I did. I for love the Daniel sweeping, Day Lewis. Uh, I love Paul Thomas Anderson for the sweeping uh, dress epic scenes. Well, that, when he was uh, driving on that curvy road. Oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I had pearls, I'd clutch them. Mike Schmidt has listened to pri- previous episodes, and he's coming in here just to be contrarian. That's Incorrect. what this is all about. That's what today's it. all about. I love he's it. like, I'm going to just go against anything these guys. What was your say favorite red, part Mike's of Phantom Thread? Uh, I, I will watch Daniel Day-Lewis come in here and tell us we're idiots and walk out. I, I want him to do anything, everything, all the time. That would have been a better movie. Okay. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. <laughs> I dug it. I, he was he was a, a narcissistic, uh, you know, fuss budget, and I, I dug Cyril. I dug that. <laughs> Narcissist. That was on the movie poster, by the way. Narcissistic fuss budget. I'm in. That's a great way to describe that character because uh, when you say narcissistic fuss budget, there's not a lot of people that go, "Yeah, I want to." Listen, see that. I like I like loud toast. I like simmering mushrooms. <laughs> there's too much like movement at breakfast. Too much movement at breakfast. <laughs> this was wheelhouse for me. I'm telling you, I like fashion shows that take place on one floor. I enjoy okay. all of that stuff in a bedroom or a house. I enjoy a sloppy princess who then gets her dress and has to give it back. Yeah. And I will, I will maintain this, and I tweeted it, and I'll say it here to you guys. The teamwork and diligence shown by the team of Woodcock seamstresses to put together the princess's dress at the end of the movie once the disaster had struck. Spoiler alert for this boring bag of dirt. Yeah. Is more teamwork than shown by anybody in the Marvel Comics fucking universe. <laughs> The efficiency of that plan to come together with fucking Woodcock upstairs vomiting into a shoe, and they put yes. that goddamn dress together. They pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. the damn right. I mean, they, there was a ticking clock. There was. To get and then the there's dress a slide. They, they take the dress back, and you get a little fierce, and she's like, "Nah, you will. You, she can do yeah. whatever she wants, but not while she's dressed by the house of Woodcock." How did you? Uh, how did you like the creepy first date where he's uh, he's measuring? Love her. it. <laughs> loved every second of it. I loved the breakfast order. 
I loved her scene of whatever, matter what you do, tread carefully. <laughs> see, you thought I didn't see it. And you thought I was doing a bit. Fuck you. I love this movie. Now, is it the best movie of the year? Is it an Oscar winner? I don't know. I mean, if I'm voting, I mean, you know, certainly you've gotten, you've scored me, former meathead bouncer who likes quiet things. So I'm in. But I All dug right. it. So, well, uh, so it should have won best <laughs> narcissistic okay. fuss budget film. Yeah, sorry. If there was a category for narcissistic fuss budget, I the trailer bored me. <laughs> yes. the tra- I watched that. I heard the trailer started, and I was like, oh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Daniel Dio. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 40 seconds in, I'm like, shut it down. I, look, I can't argue with either of you. I, I really will not. I know this is this is my thing, but I love the fact, again, because all the interviews afterwards are Paul you know Anderson's is like, I handled my own uh, foleying or whatever the fuck, and I'm just like, great, loud footprints. I'm in. I'm, yes. I want it. This is Crunchy snow. This is a Fifty Shades argument. This is what this is. This is a Fifty Shades argument. This is like somebody who's going to go see this movie. They're on board no matter what it is, and uh, it doesn't matter. Dare I say Fifty Shades makes more sense to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Women who go, look, I want a hot billionaire to S&M me, great. That's your, they, you get that movie. This Phantom Thread is, well, I guarantee you, nobody who made this movie thought of a guy like Mike Schmidt when they were thinking of their audience. <laughs> no one on the face of the earth. Which is why they should consider it a victory they reached me. <laughs> yes. You know, that's... Uh, and uh, I'm sure this movie reached about 10 people. It's so. the, it is the everything that's wrong with the Oscars that we've been talking about. It's just pretentious period piece, all white people with accents and gowns, dump it. Oh, that's- Although, ironically, <laughs> not, ironically, not the movie that uh, one of the Merchant Ivory guys made. So, right. yeah. Call me by your name. This is there's a movie uh, like this every year since the nineties mm-hmm. when Chris stopped watching movies. Yes. When, <laughs> that comes out that I, I go, just stopped oh. making references. Every time yeah, when Chris stopped making references. <laughs> about ninety seven, Chris was like, yeah, I'm done making I'm references. Done. Yeah. Everything pre ninety seven, I'm good. <laughs> so which movie are you saying is that there's one like this? The every year. Call me by yeah. or Phantom Thread or Call Me by My Name. He's about to go Phantom Thread. Phantom Every thread. year there's a there's a Phantom Thread. There's yes. an accents and gown sure. period piece movie that right. I'm just like, and everyone goes, oh, it's so amazing. No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's boring. Yep. There's a Shakespeare in Love. I dug it. Another there's 90s. a fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah. That uh, although Shakespeare in Love won. Asparagus which metaphors get me. What can I what can I say? <laughs> so now Shape a lot of, of vegetables, waters, a lot of simmering. Shape of Water did win this category. Uh, I was surprised. I was happy to see it won, but I didn't think it was going to win. Uh, well, we I talked really about thought. this with the, with the Doug episode. We thought mm-hmm. maybe Dunkirk and Shape of Water were going to split. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I, I really thought Guillermo del Toro would get for director but lose for best picture, but he didn't. He won both. And uh, uh, so you also have three billboards I thought was going to win, and then uh, Dunkirk I thought you know possibly uh, would win, but both of them got shut out. Dunkirk you know, won a bunch of the – they gave the Dunkirk, previous awards. It was cinematography, which was a big one, and it won sound mixing. No, Blade and, Runner won cinematography. Oh, that's right. Deacons won. That's mm-hmm. right. All, all I know is Dunkirk stole. Won film editing. St- yeah. Was it yeah. what was it? Sound editing. What did it steal from Baby Driver? That Baby Driver, literally, the narrative of the film is sound. It runs sound mixing and sound yeah. editing. Sound mixing and sound. Editing. That's what yeah. Baby Driver is. It's literally a creation of sound mixing and editing, and you give it to the war movie because things went boom. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> By the way, I need another war montage in the fucking theater, please. You know, you, you bring the boys back home and uh, over there, over there. Get the fuck out. Like, you don't care about these people. Don't even pretend. <laughs> well, that I'm on board with. 
So uh, did, did you? Uh, are you talking about Dunkirk or? Uh, You're going to get shot like Bogosian at the end of talk radio. Some nuts going to come in here and plug you sometime when you're espousing these views. It would it would prove my point. Gun owners are fucking wingbirds. That's right, NRA. There's nothing he will not bring back. Uh, Gorgeous. So, you know, I'm looking at this, you know, this list, and there were a couple that were good movies, but you knew weren't going to win. Like Get Out, you're like, okay, that's going to maybe win something down the line. It's not going to win Best Picture. Well, when he Uh, he won for original screenplay, which was a great... Right. You know he he was done. You're like, oh, that was it. That That was was the one they gave. That was the one they they gave. gave. uh, And Lady Bird was a good movie, but honestly, Best Picture, no, I don't think it should have been there. Um, I still deserve to be there more than Phantom Thread. I think uh, this was very much to me like 1995. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get Out gets screenplay. Tarantino gets screenplay for Pulp. Right. And then they give the Oscar to the fable rather than to the to the movie that deals with controversial issues and in a you know or is Mm -hmm. more you know just because Pulp Fiction is very you know very aggressive and in your face. Get Out was an aggressive in your face movie and it deals with a lot of things. But instead, they went with Gump, uh, or you go with Shape of Water. And I'm not comparing those two movies, but I mean, right. in, in the terms of something ethereal, something that's that's more of a fable than something grounded in reality. Right. So they gave him screenplay to go. Well, look, you get that, right? Because you know we mm-hmm. recognize what happened here. But yeah, and this it was is deserved. We, exactly. But this, is, this is what we're going well, for. Well, it's it's, yeah. it's exact, and we talked about this last year in the in the documentary category. You had 13th, and the O.J. Simpson one, I believe, won last year, which is good. Yeah. But it was. It's in the past. It's the OJ thing, and it deals with, deals with a lot of race, but that was the race problems of the 90s, where 13th is like, look at what is happening today with the private prison industry. And I agree. The Oscars, if a movie's too much in your face about social issues, about the problems and things that could be fixed that we're all looking at right now, which people, Get Out does. People shut it off. People shut it off. I yeah. mean, yeah. Get Out, Get Out, Get Out... A lot of white people had to, were sort of confronted with that movie, and 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 I think when you're too confronted, especially if you're the Hollywood elite, you're gonna go. Mm, well, I like well, it. Well, here's the thing but... about here's the thing about Get Out, though. Like uh, what it did so brilliantly is, if you're confronted with something but you're not entertained, all of a sudden it gets rejected. Sure, like it's a very entertaining movie. It's a, if it's entertaining oh. first and then you're confronted with something, like if that's the right ratio, and this movie was. It's so much more effective. Yeah, because well, you, you, mm-hmm. you just said something where you said if, something, if it's in your face about something like that, I didn't even think Get Out was in your face. I thought obviously its its message permeates the entire film, but it's not aggressive in what it's bringing to you. You see it unfolding because it's a reality that we all kind of live in. But to have it flipped and shown to you that way might seem in your face to somebody who doesn't understand or doesn't you know deal with that sort of thing on a daily basis you know what i mean and, and so i didn't find it to be in your face i found i thought it was great it was layered in the way it unspooled and, and no, folded I, for everything i i i felt that way for me but i think it's in your face oh, for sure. like the academy yeah i agree with that i, mm-hmm. I and i by the way it cuz the academy wish... is the rich people at that party and get out <laughs> yeah oh sure i well i thought it was honestly i thought it was a masterpiece i mean i i love every right. second of that movie and i and you know what's funny i just thought of this the other day uh, Lil Rel is that uh, his cop buddy? Is that that's the the actor's name, right? I think Lil Rel. Yes, yes. Uh, dude, he's Dangerfield and Caddyshack. Like everything he says is is oh, yeah. fucking bomb throwing funny. Like everything mm. everything the yeah, dude yeah, does yeah. and says mm-hmm. when because it, and it's a small part, but everything right. he says he gets the fun, he gets the out. I mean, it's just everything he does is gorgeous. In it. I he mean, gets, the whole movie's gorgeous. I mean, but 
but Jesus, he gets, he gets all the funny lines. And, and, but all of them, but, and, but yeah. yeah, but also chews them up and and spits them out and crushes them over the wall. Everything's a home run. I mean, right, it's right. so good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing too. And 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 uh, Jordan Peele apparently tweeted this Sunday night. He was just like a picture, you know, after he won the Oscar, he's just like, what the fuck? Because, I mean, that guy. Comedy Central. Oh, funny sketch go. Really funny sketch show. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. <laughs> this and then like yeah, yeah. this top grossing movie, it's, this it's like quite a journey. The other thing too which is, is amazing. Yeah. You know, you you look at the journey as far as like, you know, Blumhouse has a a uh, um basically an MO of like, all right, we're going to make these movies for very cheap. Universal's going to release them, but they're all going to be cheap. Like you know, you can have control of your film, but you're not going over five million dollars. You know, you're whatever it is. It's like they make these uh, low budget horror films, uh, and they're very strict on the budgets. And then Universal releases them, so it's it's kind of a home run from a filmmaking standpoint. Whereas you have a low budget horror film that's made a ton of money and gets nominated for an Oscar. That you know, not a lot of horror movies get nominated for Oscars. You get Silence of the Lamb. You get Lambs, you've got uh, Exorcist. There aren't that many, so yeah. the fact that it even got this far is amazing. Well, that Blumhouse mm-hmm. boy, they because they put out Get Out, and, I, yes. and then I so then I started to pay attention to them. I'm like, oh, okay, and I love that model, and I'm like, right. all right. And then they you know, the Purge, they, Whiplash. Well, yeah, but then they just set fire to like all all of their goodwill by putting out that They Come at Night, or it, it, what was it that came out over the summer that I went and saw an opening? Happy night. Death Day. Like a mistake. <laughs> no, but there's uh, there's a It Comes at Night, or They Come at Night, and it's it's. An apocalypse story, maybe. I don't know. It's a family who lives in a cabin in the woods, and then one mm. guy shows, and then it's like this quiet, simmering. I, it just it just went nowhere. And it, when it ended, it was well, that, you must have liked it. It was uh, right. a quiet movie. No, that goes nowhere. Yeah. Cook yeah. some mushrooms, idiots. <laughs> no, that's just this whole movie. Like it was this collect. I was in the back row, and it was this collective. It ended, and the, the you know the credits come up, and you, everybody just kind of went. Like that's really this collective shrug in mass from everybody in the room because it just it was a yeah it so, was a whiff but that's uh you, you know they they don't care because each one is like you know a five or under oh, sure and then it's like we only need one to do well and it funds the next two years of these yeah you're just so, skipping dimes mm-hmm. off the glass at the carnival right? and if one of them yeah, stays yeah you get the bear. exactly <laughs> so so then let's uh let's go to director um you know this again very uh strong category minus one um, but you have Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig, PTA, uh, and Guillermo del Toro. Now, Shape of Water won, Guillermo del Toro won. Um, but if you look at this category, uh, I really thought Christopher Nolan was a very strong second. I thought that uh, as far as like directing went, the way these films were put together, the imagery, the storytelling, all those put together that go under the heading of director. Well, I yeah. thought uh, Shape of Water and Dunkirk were in a, uh, a league of their own. Yeah. After these other and, then, and, you know, and, then, and, and like, I mean, Get Out, all of it, too, you got to give credit. I mean, if you could talk about Get Out and Lady Bird, the casting, you know what I mean? Yes. All of the, the, the set design, all of the things that the director oversees Right. And so much as we talk about so often in the show, it's not just the casting of actors. It's the casting of your DP. It's the casting of your costume people, right. your makeup, your, your everybody. And how you fill a frame, how you yeah. tell a story, how you work with the editor, how you pace everything. Uh-huh. It's, you know, all that falls under the director. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty, pretty strong category except for boring toast clothes. Yes. But uh, Mike Schmidt just loves. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boring toast clothes. <laughs> in, ten, in like 10 years, you're going to be sitting in the house and you're going to go, you know what? I'm going to give this another try. I, and you're going to love it. <laughs> you're going to love every second of it. 
You know, if I was your world will have slowed down by that. I will. I will say though, if I'm if I were ninety, maybe I would have another look at this and go. You know what? You know, I can really relate to this character. Well, ten years from now, after the American Empire collapses, we will be uh, fighting for our own survival. We'll We'll be fighting for our phantom threads. Yeah, I I like rich people porn. I mean, I I like. People in nice clothes, and I like mahogany desks. I mean, I, it's like that's why I like Michael Clayton. I mean, Michael Clayton's a brilliant movie, and the stories are great. But just to see him and Sidney Pollock in that dark sure. bar, I mean, it's so mm-hmm. gorgeous. It just it looks like everything I had my face pressed against the window, staring in at my entire life. You know what I mean? It's just it's just the thing to aspire to. And mm-hmm. if it means I get to aspire to a woman poisoning me with mushrooms and then holding up limp asparagus as a, an example of my failings, I'm willing to go through it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So let's go to actress in her leading role. Uh, Frances McDormand won this for three billboards. I really thought Sally Hawkins deserved it a little more. And the reason is because she played a uh, mute character and had to really act and emote with um, her eyes, her facial expressions, her gestures. And it created more of a challenge for the actress. And I thought she pulled it off beautifully. Yeah. Um, so, but Frances McDormand, not to take anything away from her, was a good performance. She's a but very I, good but actress. I, but I thought Sally Hawkins deserved it. Yeah, more. and I think there's, there's, you know, there's some good moments in Three Billboards, obviously. But um, and Frances McDormand, the angry mom who wants justice for her daughter, and then the time she sort of has that. There's that one scene where she has that memory about the last thing she said to her daughter, and, and right. that, that, and was, that a, was that was uh, that was a really powerful scene. Yeah. But but and this isn't necessarily Francis's fault, but the problems per- personally that I had with the movie was the uneven tone of it, of it's like this heavy thing and then wacky jokes. I was like, that took me out of it. The and so uh, I couldn't give her best actress for that for me personally because again what you said, Sally Hawkins, the job, the emotion, emotions she conveys without talking right. is the best acting. <laughs> yes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Of the people in that category, in my yeah. opinion. And, when I, you when know, I, Margot Robbie did a good, mm-hmm. a, a, a good job. You know, Saoirse Ronan did a good job. But I'll tell you, The Post, you know, The Post was one of those movies where it, you thought when you saw who was behind it, Spielberg, Hanks, Streep, it was going to be this crazy slam dunk of an amazing emotional movie and it was it was flat it was kind of like the was, margaret thatcher movie she did a couple yeah, years ago you know, good decent she's an amazing yeah, actress it was good, but like, not horrible but like well you know it, it really didn't but it, compare it to spotlight i was just gonna say that if you <laughs> compare it to right. spotlight, you're just, spotlight you're just you're gripped you're you are, the whole time you are literally on the edge of your seat for spotlight and you know that scene with mark ruffalo yelling at michael keaton mm-hmm. it could have been your kid it could have been my kid it could have been one of us I mean, it's such a powerful emotional scene. There's none of those scenes in the post. Well, that's the pro- that's the thing too. That the spotlight is such a great example. Oof. Every single that's a newsroom drama. That's a newsroom drama. Yeah, the entire cast was amazing. And again, Tom Hanks and Meryl great. But like they, the, the scene where um, Michael Keaton. I mean, all this, he has so many great scenes. The scenes with Paul Guilfoyle. He's the anchor of the entire at thing. the bar. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the guy comes in and and he goes, "So this is how it works." My guy leans on a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that subtle racist speech of like, hey, he's from Miami. He's not one of us. We know what that means, Jew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what he's what, sure. you know as white guys, we know when another white guy says that he's being a racist fuck. Yeah. You know, the scene where uh Michael Keaton has to own the fact that he buried one of these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he and you you have to see that look on his face where he has to, and they're all Irish Catholics. Right. Sans Mark Ruffalo. And Stanley Tucci, 
I mean, it's that scene with Stanley Tucci where they're at the where they're at the restaurant. And he goes, "These people think they're so much better than everyone else. Look how they treat their kids." You know what I mean? Like now, the emotion you've shown in literally like in seventy seconds talking about Spotlight is more than the entire film, The Post. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the entire film, The Post. It just happens. It's flat. It happens. Flat. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. just it, it just all right. Well, this is mm-hmm. uh, and you know what it's going to be. The beats, you know, you know it. Right. Yeah. You know, it was like like I said it before. It was just like watching people at work. Yeah. It was like, you know, you're all right, <laughs> this, all right. This is how people make a movie. I'm watching Tom Hanks at work. I'm watching Meryl Streep at work. I never got into the story, never got into the characters. And it just, it, it, it wasn't a terrible movie. It was just flat. You know what it is? Yeah. It's like watching an amazing athlete, like LeBron James or Michael Jordan. This is a regular season game. It ain't the play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he had 25 points. Hmm. Yeah. It wasn't some like double overtime. He made the last shot with three guys right. in his face. Yeah. It was just sort of mm-hmm. like, eh. Yeah, yeah, they played a yeoman them. performance. Exactly for, for superstars, you know, br- for yes. brilliance. They, they, but they played to the level of what, what was it, what they had. I mean, right. it's just you know, they Milton Berled it. You know, they only got enough to win. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, actor in a leading role. Now, this one well, there was I, no I have, surprise. I'm sorry. Before we move on from, no, go from ahead. actress, mm-hmm. um, I fell in love with Frances McDormand in Fargo. Yes. Like that weird. I agree. Like when I mean, but I mean that thing inside you where you're like, I want somebody like that. And I, I love her. I bet that's your uh, partner in the wood chipper there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you want to protect her. You want, you want great things for her. You're happy at the end when he gets the, you know, the, the tree scent stamp and, mm-hmm. and she's makes him, he makes her breakfast. I mean, you just, it's such love. And I fell in love with her and that character. And then subsequently in movies I've seen her, I've, I've loved her all the time. But then I, so I equate that to icy shape of water. Mm-hmm. And I fall in love with her. Yeah, I have right. the same feeling I had that I had watching Frances McDormand in Fargo, where right. I want good things. I want please, like good things happen. Please, have I don't I don't give a care if she's I, she's fucking a fish. Fine, whatever the hell. Whatever, mm-hmm. She she deserves all good things. She's she's lived a life of quiet solitude and mm-hmm. and you know eggs and 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 finger blasting and good for you. That's fine. <laughs> and if you find a fish who makes you happy, that's great because you're just you're, you're sobbing, you're going please, you're please, for yeah, yeah. And and you know, you know they're not going to betray you with some you know eleventh hour destruction of her dream. I mean, but mm-hmm. but it's still the ride to get there is so brilliant and so great. Look and, who her best friend. Her best friend is Richard Jenkins. Yeah, like what yes. a character you root for. Mm-hmm. So great, you know, and what she has to do at that work. I was I just that I I just watched Shape of Water last night. I mean, I I hadn't seen it, and so I just mm-hmm. sat there trans. I'm sobbing in my house, just transfixed by her and everything she did. Right. Um. She's so great, and you fall like I said, you fall in love. With that character, with her, yes. um, and so I'm, that's, I thought it was interesting that I again had that feeling from McDormand and Fargo, and watching mm-hmm. Three Billboards, I I had a feeling that I was watching Frances McDormand's mom from Almost Famous in a different film, mm. uh, because that's that's kind of her stock in trade now is the the jut jawed, tough woman, plain spoken who's going to fucking get it done. You know what I mean? And she can mm. she can be a little she can be cursy, she can be mean, but she's amped it up in Three Billboards, obviously. Right, right. And she's terrific. She's <clears throat> she's so good. And you know, she plays broken really well. Yes, too. but but that's what I'm, but that's the thing. Mm. Then you see it the third time, and you go, oh yeah, that's that's her doing that Frances McDormand thing. It's a dangerous <laughs> trap to get into for an actor <laughs> right. or an actress mm-hmm. because you. I mean, I I love what she did. I I really like Three Billboards, and I thought she's amazing at it. But that that's Sophie Hawkins, is that her Sally. name? Sally, Sally Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Holy God. I mean, you just you you want to hug her. You want to just mm-hmm. find her and just thank her. What you're talking about is that thing of when you can't picture the actor in any other role when you're watching. I it. I, 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 right. I, I am DB'd her after the movie. Yes. And then almost went, I don't want to know. 
I don't want to know <laughs> if I've seen her in anything else. And you have. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you've literally seen her in things like... She uh, was in Godzilla. Yeah, and Paddington. I said through that garbage. Yeah. 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 She was in Paddington, and then uh, she was also in uh, that Woody Allen movie. And also, I don't know if I want her to talk ever. <laughs> I, in another film, I, don't, I just I want I want her to be that character in every movie. You just you to be affected you do, you and moved and to sure. fall in love with someone. You just so mm-hmm. I get it. I, I think mm-hmm. I wish she'd have won. For and I that. think and again, not to take Frances McDormand mm-hmm. is fantastic. I mean, I fell in love with her in Raising Arizona. You oh my know? God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has he had his dip tan? <laughs> <laughs> she's. You know, she's I, I really like her, but that's the thing. And this is this is we've talked about this before. It is a trap of a big A list. Uh, Oscar pedigree actor it's like the post I'm watching oh there's Tom Hanks exactly you know what I mean there's Frances McDormand doing Frances McDormand yes right you know versus Mm -hmm. Sally Hawkins now she's not Ayla she's played a lot of supporting characters Mm -hmm. this is her breakout Mm -hmm. obviously but that's the difference is the the actor when supporting to a lot of uh you know CG creatures yeah a lot of CG creatures (laughs) but that 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 character when you can be that actor that goes Wow, I can't think of any other other work in this in this yeah, right. when I'm watching this part. Exactly. And, like, and if you the fact that you can see a story about a woman who falls in love with a mm-hmm. a monster, you know, right. a merman monster mm-hmm. and it's it's legendary Frankenstein. You know, all these movies have that. But that scene with the record player and the and she gives him the one egg and he snatches it and he goes away and then she comes back and she lines up like the eight eggs the next you know mm-hmm. that one time and and then she, the record player the joy on her face when she stops the music and he acknowledges what music is and then she puts it back down and he likes it and then she takes it out and she's she's being playful like she's never feared right. him she never feared him she you know he's getting cattle prodded and, and bleeding and he's a monster and you know he's the, he's the the asset He's always right. dehumanized, mm-hmm. even though he's not human. But she humanizes him, right? And and from the jump, like be, she, from becomes, the second they roll him in, she's on board. And you know, and in return, she gets humanized by yes. the, the creature. Well, the other thing too is like she's portrayed in the beginning. She's introduces this meek little mm-hmm. weak, and she fights. Hard. She's yeah. tough as nails, man. She's right. like, no, not backing down. This mm-hmm. I'm in love with this fish, dude. This is how, this yeah. is gonna I'm shake. Gonna, I'm gonna save him. This is, this is my moment. This is yeah. my the, what my life is. Because she even says that in the thing where she says he sees me for through all my incompleteness. I think it is when she has the she thing. Doesn't with, know that I there's something missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't and, know. There's when he, even missing. when he shrieks at her in the beginning, she just kind of stands up and looks at him like, well, that's happening now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's so. <laughs> And it, it, I was actually confused for a second. I go, oh, she can't hear him. Mm-hmm. She couldn't hear the, the crazy blood-curdling shriek. But then I went, no, no, she's a mute. She can absolutely hear him. Yeah, yeah. She just wasn't she afraid. Can't, she just can't talk. And she didn't recoil. Yeah, it's, well, it, God. Guys, guess what we have? We got we to gotta take care of some business. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh. We've got uh, a couple sponsors uh, today. Uh, why don't we mix it up a little bit and do the Patreon sponsors How first? Them? They're well, paying us $50 on. a month. Thank you so much, guys. You get your stuff read if you go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds let's do it ready the audacity performing arts project a nonprofit working to bring after-school performing arts programs to public schools they serve the schools who cannot afford their services they rely on community donations to keep the programs alive cfn fans who support audacity with a 25 dollars donation normally 30 receive an amazing audacity t-shirt visit cfn.audacityperformingarts.org to learn more Support uh, independent arts, you guys, and support the show. And uh, also we have supplyanddemandinvesting.com, supplyanddemandinvesting.com, because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. And now we have a third one, but they'll only be here for one month. It's a uh, limited time uh, uh, read. This is from Will Leonard. Uh, His wife, Katie Bagwell, has signed up for Bike MS. 
So another charity, which is right. fantastic. A fundraising ride that is changing the lives of people affected by MS and helping fuel progress toward a world free of MS. Drive from Houston to Austin at the end of April. The money raised will help fund amazing progress in MS research as well as programs and services that ensure people affected by MS can live their best lives. You can reach your donation page. Now this is one of those bit.ly's. It's bit.ly slash KTMS 150. That's bit.ly slash KTMS 150. If you can, please help her achieve her goal. Yeah. Now, look, I, I've been here a lot. I like to consider myself almost a regular guest. And maybe I rub people the wrong way sometimes. No, Mike. No. Mike. no. Never done uh, but to have an entire event to bike against me, that seems really strange. <laughs> <laughs> to eradicate... Mike Schmidt. That I don't appreciate that at all. And to fund research against it. Right. <laughs> I'm all for it. What the and I think <laughs> I think we should end Mike Schmidt now. <laughs> no, but I can tell you, I did I did a You, um, you want to end me? Get me on a bike. We'll do that. <laughs> 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 Finished. But I did I did a I did a fundraising like uh, marathon uh, years like ten years ago. It's a really cool, rewarding thing, and to support that is a, is really cool. So you guys can just help somebody that you've never met, support a cause. That um, needs your help. All right. Now the uh, the other advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Bombfell oh, this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. You do a questionnaire, then you're matched one-on-one with a uh, stylist, and you get free shipping and returns, convenient home try-on, and the ability to preview and edit your stylist picks before your order ships. Now, uh, Graham, I, you I actually... love a limited time ascot. Get, yes. Send me an ascot. I'll wear it around for a no. while. If I don't like it, I send it back. You sign up. You set up your order. You get a preview email, and you receive your clothes. Somebody no. buy Mike Schmidt an ascot. Oh, yeah. Somebody go to Bombfell <laughs> and buy Mike Schmidt an ascot. And then come he to did... my house and measure me. Please yes. measure me. Yes, he deserves one. So it'll be like the date from Phantom Thread. Uh, so... <laughs> Just not too much movement over toast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so now, Graham, you actually got a, uh, it's a, a Bombfell package. So I've done how, how did you enjoy it? Yeah, How's the you, quality? It's really good stuff. And like I, I remember and it was really good customer service. I got one. I think it was a shirt. Just didn't fit. Sent it back. No problem. Very easy. Got a pair of slacks that I really enjoyed. Ooh, slacks. Slacks. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I upped my wardrobe. Did it have a hidden message in it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't see Phantom Thread. Persevere. <laughs> Persevere. <laughs> Always talk about socialism. <laughs> So now um, you you liked the stuff that the stylist picked for you, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the stylist did a good job. You go and fill out a questionnaire, and then a stylist contacts you, and and you know, so so it's great because they're not like forcing like you should wear this. Like if you're like ah, I don't like that, they won't. Can you imagine if they called you and used that voice? You should wear this. <laughs> Why don't you wear this? Yeah. I don't know. Well, the question is like that. The questionnaire is pretty simple. It's a lot of yes and no. And then at the end, you can kind of, it's a box that says express yourself a little bit. And Graham just wrote, I like Batman stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they just sent me a bunch of Batman He's got a Riddler suit with question marks all over it. <laughs> this amazing Joker suit with tails, purple. Yeah. I got a Harley Quinn ass squad. Really yeah. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> So a big Bane outfit. Yeah, no, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Take control of your advertising. <laughs> Do you feel so, in charge? And oh, the greatest, most <laughs> badass villain scene ever. Yeah. Just lightly puts his hand on the shoulder. It is the most, uh, that is the scariest move I've ever seen a villain do. Do you feel in charge? Do you feel in charge? <laughs> Just lightly puts his hand on your shoulder going, you're going to yeah. die. Guess what? Bad yeah. news. <laughs> I hope he didn't like that this trick. This isn't going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a closer look at it. You're not going to see the second hand. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, we are going to take control and charge of uh, a special offer for CFN fans. Great segue. Yeah. Uh, you can use the URL bombfell.com slash CFN. $25 off your first purchase, Graham. $25 off bombfell slash CFN. That pays for your ascot. B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash CFN. See if they have an ascot. They may. It's a great way. If you're going to use any of these products and you use our coupon codes and the URLs, that's a great, then they're tracking that. So they yes. know that the advertising works. Also, you can go to the Patreon, support all that. Great. So many ways to support the show and get yourself a Batman ascot. Yeah. Now, <laughs> um, we got a double advertiser. Double this trouble. Is, yeah. This is, a, this is a double header, Graham. Boom. We've got uh, ZipRecruiter. <gasps> mm -hmm. Now, we all know about ZipRecruiter. It's hard to find good help. We know that... ZipRecruiter knows what you're looking for. It identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Now you're it, saying ZipRecruiter. Yes. Because I've always heard Bill call it Recruiter. <laughs> so I, I I always thought it had an H at the end, but you got a hard Zip R. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Uh, in fact, 80% of employees who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. You know, if you're a small business owner, you got to use something like this because you can't afford right. a big recruiting company. And, and it you, takes forever to find the right person. Yeah, and you don't want to just be stuck with like some intern that mm -hmm. you just have to hire. You know what I mean? I'm right here, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, Shit. he's I got a microphone now. I, always, I thought we turned that mic off. <laughs> And I the can, right uh, candidates the are out there. <laughs> the, the intern is self-aware. <laughs> ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Now, this is another uh, a great way to try it for free. Uh, all you got to do is go to ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash CFN. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. That's right. Mm -hmm. So do it. Hire get your kit in hands. Go to ZipRecruiter. Type hire it in. Hire some people. Get some clothes. Yep. And you're all set. Yeah. Support mm -hmm. it. And then uh, jump banning on a bike Mike and support banning Mike Schmidt. Ban Mike Schmidt. <laughs> support the arts. Yeah. <laughs> Investing. Whatever you need. We've got it, guys. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. You guys are covered. All right. That concludes our business. So let's get back to the uh, categories. Now, we were on actor in a leading role. Now, this one was no surprise with Gary Oldman. This, uh, And I'll tell you, as brilliant as the makeup was, it was really his performance that sold the entire thing, for sure. Uh, I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah, well, Gary Oldman is one of these guys going look, the conversation of he's one of those guys when he, whoever he plays, you can't, I can't, when I'm watching, when I was watching Tinker Taylor soldier spy, I can't picture him as commissioner Gordon. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Not yeah. to mention, I mean, darkest hour, obviously, cause there's a prosthetic thing happening, right. but again, even his performance his voice, if they just, if he just had like a weird, a Churchill hat on and no makeup right. and was going, <laughs> you'd pull it off. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's the thing you, you're not going, Oh, there's Gary Oldman. No. Right. You're going, there's Winston Churchill. I've only done that once in my life. And it was at Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got out of my car and I stood up and he was getting in his car was right next to mine. And I literally stood up in his face and I went, Whoa. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> that's why I like him even better <laughs> he's with his kid and I was just like alright well I, I love your work and I literally just because I, I was scared I'm, I ran into Trader Joe's I ran away because when he's yes. with his child I didn't want to be a bother but mm. literally I stood up to, into his face and just you know whoa yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you should respond it was great did he oh say my he was, god did yeah, he say he was right. going to get on a bike <laughs> yeah it <laughs> might have been uh, I, just, and I, just, I was like well I really love what you do and he's like thank you and I just walked away mm. yeah That'd be great if he would have just gut punched you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have taken it. You That's like what I'm going to take. <laughs> Do it, Oldman. But even like what you're saying too, like when he played Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight movies, I never thought, oh, that's Gary Oldman. I'm like, oh no, that's no. Commissioner Gordon. That's Drexel Commissioner Gordon. Spivey. 
I know, exactly. Drexel fucking Spivey. Drexel Spivey is the guy that just won the Oscar for playing Churchill. Gorgeous. You know what I mean? And 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 he's fantastic in all these parts. That's the difference. Right. He's not Gary Oldman doing his Gary Oldman thing very well. He's being an amazing actor who's who is completely believable in all of the different parts that he plays. Right. Now, do you think that everyone voted for him? You mean was it unanimous? Everyone. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I backed That's away a... even. <laughs> Not enough. Sorry. Oh my God, our poor fans. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're so sorry. So, sorry. Yeah. Usually I'm the guy that blows out but, people's But Google ears. it and it was worth it. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping no one was driving right I'm now. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> my right, you know, ears I hurt want... and I don't have headphones on. No. Do you think I should God. apologize to everyone? Yeah, no, Mike, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that is, so. that is the best four seconds of a movie ever made. Just, oh, my Christ. <laughs> what film is that from? Aaron? Yes. All right. <laughs> Get everyone. Everyone. And, and Oldman wheels, and he just goes, everyone! Like, right in this dude's face. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so you also have Timothy Chalamet. You had Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Daniel uh, Kalua, and uh, Denzel Washington. So you you definitely had a um, an interesting mix of actors here in the leading role. Um, the thing I said about Denzel and Roman J. Israel, it's, it's, he was not, it, it was, it was one of, I mean, he's a great actor, but I really liked it because he wasn't playing. It's too bad the movie wasn't better. The movie was just too uneven, but his, yeah. it's, it's worth watching just for his performance because he's not being typical Denzel badass, you know, mm -hmm. I'm kicking, I'm kicking ass and taking names. He's playing a guy with Asperger's who's quirky and awkward and weird. And isn't, isn't that a weird thing that sometimes. Because Denzel Washington is a is a charisma volcano. Right. It's just it's just and like The Rock is kind of like that. Like those dudes who you're like, it almost betrays them, in in trying to be contained even on a big screen. I mean mm -hmm. Denzel Washington is that guy. He's he's just ready. It, you're just ready for him to be that. You know all the mm -hmm. time. And so I I don't know anything at all about this movie. Literally I saw billboards and then the clip on the Oscar show. I I wouldn't know mm -hmm. anything about it. Um, but but with Denzel you're waiting for that moment. You're waiting for him to give himself over to that. And I mean, again, you think of Training Day, and even even on the Oscars when he's in the montage, you're like that that five seconds stole the show. You know, know. it's just he's so good. So when he won, what was it the the last couple of years ago? What was it Flight, where he played the drug addict pilot that saved everybody in the? Oh Christ, yeah, that was that mm -hmm. was he was amazing in yeah. that playing a guy. But that's but that's when the charisma can work against so you. It's great that you're saying it's like he he was able to portray a different character completely. And but imagine how hard it is for him to subsume to you know to stop being that. That's got to be right. insane. Because he's just this walking sunbeam. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Let's do... Um... So, you... Uh, all right. Because I, I don't know... Look, I know nothing about Call Me By Your Name. All right. I know th that uh, I found everybody... A lot of people... There was a lot of hype. A lot of people loved it. A lot of all that stuff. But then it didn't win anything. Um, so... It won adapted screenplay. Okay. Oh, th yeah. that's right. I remember that uh, mm -hmm. James Ivory came up. Well, that's because they wanted to see him toddle up in his penguin outfit and do a speech. <laughs> Um, nobody, nobody liked that movie. They're just like, bring that guy up so people can hear he's not English and freak out. Um, but is that movie good? Is that a good movie? So I actually, we have, I we've had a couple guests that saw it that really yeah, liked that it. Really we we never it. got the chance mm -hmm. to see it. So, mm -hmm. okay. It's one of the ones we missed. Uh, so actress in a uh, supporting role, 
We had uh, Mary J. Blige, Allison Jenny, Leslie Manville, uh, Laurie Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer. Now, this I honestly uh, was a decent category. It's been stronger in other years for sure. Uh, I thought Allison Janney just kind of had it uh, as a lock. I mean, Laurie Metcalf did a good job in Lady Bird. Mary J. Blige did uh, a, a great job in Mudbound, but the movie itself wasn't fantastic. Yeah, I think that um, always hurts some of these categories when right. the movie isn't like critics thought it was. Every critic thought it was amazing. I think that can even even how even if this individual performance is really good, I think that always just kind of hurts. It hurts, it, it it hurts, hurts chances sure. for sure. Uh, well, and also because maybe Academy guys go, well, then I don't need to watch that movie. And then it also right. leads them to not vote for that person. So yep. Yep. they can yep. dismiss it out of hand. Yep. I, I think that happens a lot. Uh, so I thought Alice and Jenny definitely it was a uh, it was a lock for her. But but I, I I don't know. I watched I, Tanya and I just didn't. I it literally it could have been Romeoville, Illinois, the movie. I mean, I hated everybody <laughs> in it. I hated everything they did. It was just this pile of hillbillies. Doing garbage nonsense Pile to one another. Jackie Just, just a mess. Just a tornado of but filth. I think, it was so bad. Just but that was intentional. Grimy mustaches. I get it. But I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't need to see that on a on a mm. big screen. I don't think. And I get Margot Robbie's deal was like she thought the story was really interesting. And then and, and it's we're at the age where we remember the actual event. Of course too. we do. And it was very powerful when. When Margot Robbie, you know, did the speech about you were all my abusers too. You, you really, you're culpable because as we get older, you know, again, because I had, I was talking about in standup, I used to make fun of celebrities like, I mean, just like slash and burn anything that bad that happened to them. I did. I made fun of Michael Jordan's dad when he got killed. I mean, it's terrible. But when Sean Penn's house burned down, I did a bit about it. And then I came home that night and I was just like, what are you doing? The guy's house burned down. Granted, he's got 10 houses and all that other stuff. But I was like, that's still a person. It was this weird epiphanal moment. And so in that, when she says the thing about, you're all my abusers too. And there's that part where the, you know, the Letterman monologue is playing while she's sitting there and she has to like hear herself being carved to pieces. And I get it that there's a reason she became that person. It's because Alice and Janney, but Alice and Janney was just a, again, a month, a terrible, terrible person. Is that worth this award? I mean, she just turned up the hatred to, to 11. I, I, I don't well, know. I, I think it was a little more nuanced than that. Because Elsa Jenny's amazing. She's yeah, a great actress. She is. It's I, just... I, really, I really felt like it was, it, it got into more of like, yeah, she was a monster for sure, but it got into her motivations of like, you know, is this the way she's showing love? Is but this are those the way motivations or is she just she... a narcissist excusing her own mm-hmm. fucking behaviors? Absolutely. But it makes her a slightly more complex than just that she's mean all the time. Right, just yeah. all you had that, a bad yeah. mom. And when right. you see, to me, when that, when that type of, because this, her mom, you know, the actual mom. I mean, the end. Of oh, the, sure. Oh, God. So, mm-hmm. but you always ask yourself when you hear the stories about a, a mom like that, like, God, what? How was she like that? Allison Janey, I thought, because she's such a great actress and the script, showed us. Oh, I, I believe. Like the actor has to go. I have to believe this, right? Like this is acting one on one. I have to believe this. You can't just be. I'm an evil mom because then it's sort of like it's a two dimensional bad evil sure. character yeah so what what Allison Janey had to go what would motivate this woman to treat her own child this way and Allison Janey in my opinion at least did a good job of oh she really believes I'm doing this I'm I'm doing this out of love I'm being a good parent even that's what she knew right yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. even though it's horrifying and she probably had you know probably it, had a horrible and there was that sure. speech too of like well I was this way as a sacrifice you know, to help you. I'm like, that's but again, how you're justifying it? But again, all it? garbage. Yeah, garbage. But I, you're, you're right. I'm holding my bias for the movie 
against the performance. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, everybody's terrible in it. Everybody. The right. And they play the 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 Sean Eckhart for such, and he might have been that person. I and mean, we see the clip later where he is that person. But he's just a dope. You know what I mean? They're all everybody's just dumb. It was it was almost like. Uh, what was the movie a few years ago where every every it was that thing where you're just like it's just this cap like Logan Lucky kind of has that vibe too where it's just this just hurricane of stupid right right you know and you're just like oh Christ well, but these just are, not done well yeah but I mean the, and then the Galuli slapping her around and, and punching her and all that, but it showed why she became the person she became um, I just I, so yes I'm holding my bias for the film mm-hmm. for, if I'm hearing Mike Schmidt Jenny. correctly on this episode <laughs> he doesn't want to watch anything that's too real. He wants to live in. You want you want to you want to look at the nice fancy clothes. And I did. You know what? I had a I had a twinge of that. I mean, I won't lie. You know, there's enough awful. So so when I got to watch Itania, it's just in my head. I'm like, I got to stand behind these people in line at the grocery store. Why do I got to watch them punch each other on the screen and and, and try to make it interesting? I don't. I it just it maybe too real. Maybe it lands for me. Maybe I grew up around that kind of stuff and that mm-hmm. those shitty couches and those bad clocks and everything else that you saw in the decor because it was. A nightmare. I mean, where where she lived and all that. I mean, I like I said, I grew up in Romanville. It's that those small flat houses and just it, it's it, maybe and everyone's it, just a dead end train wreck. Everybody mm-hmm. and and nobody and you know the two clueless parents of Eckhart and then uh, and then the they tend the two idiots to Club Kerrigan and, and and those guys are idiots. And again, like I said, it's just this never ending waterfall of of dumb. And you're just right. like, oh Christ, I can't. So I couldn't, I mean, to you have to watch from a distance. You know what I mean? You can't, like the other mm-hmm. movie, like I said, Shape of Water, I might as well have been in the hallway all the time. And and Michael Shannon's a monster and you're rooting so, you're there's rooting interest. There's nobody to root for in Itania. No. Nobody no. at all. No, and uh, it, it's deliberately set up and structured that way, especially with the, you know, the the breaking of that fourth wall when they actually yeah. she addresses the audience in, in a, a number of times. It was very it very much reminded so. me of what was the Nicole Kidman movie where she's the reporter who winds up being the ice princess who then gets convinces the kids. It's a true story. She convinces the kids to kill her husband. Um, oh, I yeah, I don't know, but but it was it was told in that same exact style right. almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think didn't David Cronenberg play the hitman? I think so. Yeah, a, but it, but yeah. just so but so irredeemable. I, I mean, Aaron, nobody. See if you can there. find that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Kidman and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, but it was just told in the same way, and it's that same thing where it's a manipulative person gets these horrible people to do terrible things. Mm-hmm. I just and I understand, the, but the world is like this. So maybe you're right. Maybe it does land a little close for me. I just I found it to be awful. Like all, all of it, it was just it was just so grimy. Every mm-hmm. and I. And but also with with this winking at the grime, as if we're all you know, well, you got, we're all in on the joke on this, right? I mean. You know, you're trying to give me the terrible story of a woman who's abused by her mom forever and took it stoically, you know, with a chin up and just, well, this is the way it's always been. And then abused by her husband. And yeah, then... yeah. And then right. abused by the public in right. America. Mm-hmm. But then we're supposed to laugh at the the Sean Eckhart, you know, terrorism, subterfuge, all that. Bull- you know, we're supposed to, it's played for laughs. And I don't, I'm mm-hmm. like, there's nothing funny here. None of this is good or, you know, I understand she took it on the jaw with a stiff upper lip. It definitely went for a Fargo vibe. It definitely. I can see felt, that too. Yeah. It, it definitely tried to uh, to kind of straddle that line of this is you know some horrific crimes going on, but also um, you can laugh at these characters. Well, at the yeah, same but time. because but, but all right, but there, I guess the way I I heard it was that you know they were kind of redeeming Tanya Harding a little bit by by doing this film, mm-hmm. and uh, but instead you it we're all Nelson months, you know what I mean? You're, you're we're trying to get to the you know this poor woman who's abused her entire life, but we're still told to go ha ha ha. 
yeah, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? It's just you know, it's you know what I think weird. Like you said about to tone earlier with the three I, billboards. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that was necessarily the case. I think what the movie tried to do instead of actually redeeming her, I think it tried to humanize her. Like uh, and then just than just with someone that was involved in this conspiracy to get rid of Nancy Kerrigan. I felt like it was just trying to show the human face of like how she ended up the way she was. But I, I feel like the movie, though, did do a good job of not excusing her and not excusing any of the of her behavior. Because what the movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion, was trying to do, and I thought it did this quite well. I didn't think this movie... I, I liked this film. I liked it more than Three Billboards mm-hmm. um, because it's a true story I forgave it the the joke part of it or the ha ha part of it, Mike, more than three billboards because again, three well, billboards it, is it, trying to deal with a heavy subject. This does happen. Women are, you know, murdered oh, and they and, don't and I Tanya, the humor was much more uh well organically weaved woven in. Well, it was woven into the mm-hmm. fact that this is these pe- if it was a fiction story, I'd be like, This isn't believable. This is ridiculous. But these people did exist and they show the interview of the guy I mean, that guy <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm a terrorist. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, wow. You know, I work special forces. No, you don't. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do. I do. I just, yeah. I can't talk about it. Yeah, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's, there's no record. You're out of your mind. You know, mm-hmm. so I I bought it a little more because what, what Chris is talking about, why it was interesting for me, because it it took the presumption, and this is a fair presumption to make, we all only knew her through the eyes of the media. She was portrayed in this certain way by the media and by the David Letterman's of the world and all that stuff. That was right when all the late night shows were starting. So everybody had a Tanya Harding joke and we got to see without, as Chris said, without excusing her, I was like, wow, she did some stupid, dumb things, but I get it. I get, I get it. And, Mm -hmm. and the, the, the figure skating world is kind of bullshit a little bit. Sure. And she didn't make it easier on herself. <laughs> you yeah, know what no. I mean? Like, well, but, but also she couldn't be what she wasn't. You know, and that was right. the thing. She's product mm-hmm. of her environment. She's raised by that monster. So then she tries to fit in this gilded cage with everybody else. And she was never going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I see the interest in the story from that angle. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't find any. Even the, the judges. I mean, the mom, pay, the mom pays that guy to heckle her at the at the thing. Come on. Really? Right. At the World Championships? That I mean, well, I, just seemed like such a narrative think, note that didn't belong there. I mean, I, I... I think some of that was, you know, just the Hollywood. Right, but we already know so. she's... A, we already hate her. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to make... Now you now you want me to get her rubbed out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Alison Janney, now she, you really hate her. You want her dead. I mean, it's just like, what are you doing? Leave her alone, finally. Mm-hmm. And then when she finally shows up to taper, and you know she's going to... You know that's a thing. Because she's not going to do that 180 and just show up and go, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. She's on, she wants something. So you're just, it, it, it was unsuccessful in, in diverting me. I, I was like, all right, well, where's the, what's going to happen here? Because nobody, again, mm-hmm. right. she's not a good person and we know it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 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 to, d- to die for was the. Uh, to die, die for. for. I knew it was three words. Yes. Yes. To die for. Mm-hmm. A couple more and right. we'll wrap it up here. That sounds good. Uh, we'll do actor in a supporting role. Uh, this one went to Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Now, this I thought was de- one of the strongest categories in the uh, uh, in the Oscars. I thought all these uh, performances were uh, were pretty solid. Now, I will say this because I, I did some reading about um, Sam Rockwell, and one of the criticisms that this film is getting is that uh, there was too much of an arc for Sam Rockwell as far as becoming a racism and then racist and then becoming like kind of like. 
uh, a more redeemable and heroic character towards the end. Now, the director defended his decision and said, look, racists don't change overnight. His arc was not that he wasn't a racist anymore. His arc was that he was a racist and that through the events of the film realized that he had to change. So I thought, you know, that explanation, I kind of bought it. I thought that was a really interesting way to uh, to kind of look at the film. Um, I, I felt the end of the film, you know, spoiler, was a little bit of like kind of up in the air. Like we didn't really get an ending to the film. Like, you know, are they going to about to commit murder or not? That's kind of a big deal, you know. Uh, so but I thought his performance, um, taking that part aside that you're talking about, Graham, where it seems like he got a punch-up writer and all of a sudden just make him dumber and sillier. Like, if all that was taken out, I thought the performance would have been even better, but I, I still liked the performance and I thought he... Uh, he I love Sam, Look, I love Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Um, this role, especially... Read the other nominees in this game. The other nominees were Christopher Plummer, uh, Richard Jenkins, Woody Harrelson, and Willem Dafoe. Also very rare that you're competing against someone else in your own film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think... I don't know, Three Billboards, as I've said, it, it's a decent film, but I think it got way more accolades, accolades than it and, and, and I just mm-hmm. I just think there were so many other better performances out there that never even got nominated to where two people from that movie, that uneven film. I liked that movie. I, I You know, I, I wound up liking it a lot, actually. But also... I, because I heard, I heard polarizing. I heard people who really like it I heard, and, or people hate it. A lot right. of comedians and a lot of creatives hate it. Interesting. Um, that's mm-hmm. that was where I heard that from, not because that's who I run with. I'm just like, really? It's that because I, mean, I saw the trailer and was in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It is it uneven. The Sam Rockwell character is completely uneven. Yes, he's, he's a, a bumbling, racist, evil Otis the drunk type character in the beginning, and then by the end, he's he's crying. You know what I mean on the phone. And but that how gorgeous. Uh, if you're the director, <laughs> how gold is that moment when he said he's a. Uh, He's not your rapist, but he's a rapist. I know that. And you just see the one tear in the bedroom light come down. As, oh, my God. Yeah. How do you? How, if you're literally it's that moment where you just Robert Downey Jr. and Nash Born Killers when he goes, everybody in the fucking world just saw that, mate. It's like when. when yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Because shit, man, I'm a natural born killer. And then they go to commercial and he's just mm-hmm. like, he's so happy. Well, when that when the tear comes down. But by the end, I. I I don't think he's redeemed I, I as a racist, certainly, because right. it, it is if like the bad guys are, you know, black or, you know, if the, if it's that stark of a contrast, then I could see where people would be upset. He's not redeemed. He's still a dope. Right. But he, mm-hmm. he has a moment of humanity where he's just like, what am I mm-hmm. doing? Right. The letter wakes him up and then he's, he has yes. a near death experience. And then he's, he's he realizes faces, he needs to change. Well, yeah, he mm-hmm. faces what he did to that kid in the mm-hmm. hospital room. He sees him and just because right. it, 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 now he's in the same position. He's like, I did that. I mean, yeah. I did that. I mean, I, I want to believe even the worst people can have moments of clarity where they go, oh, right. man, I got to stop doing this. Yeah. And so I bought, I was on board. And and, and honestly, he, he should have won this for Moon. So good for him. <laughs> <He did laughs> or do a for good Frost Nixon. He, and yeah. he's so good in Frost yeah. Nixon. He's a, good, he's a genius. There's he's so good in everything. Many great. He's, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He's a solid actor. Oh, my he's a God. Solid actor. He's the he, best. He, he's getting one of the, I mean, mm. literally, the way, way back or the way back. Yeah. He's great in the, the way, way back machine. <laughs> the way back machine. No, but I mean, he's great in that. That yes. scene, how he takes care of that kid in that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the Tin Man. I love him. In th- I mean, like, I, I you know. I, he's phenomenal. He's, he's phenomenal. Just, he's, he's another one like Oldman. 
Yeah. Where you just you're not like, oh, he's doing that Sam Rockwell thing. You're just like, oh, he's just great. You yeah. can even go back to like Charlie's Angels, where you're like, oh, this movie's terrible, but oh, Sam Rockwell's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he's interesting's a really good word. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a guy who approaches things from like a different place, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I I thought you know Woody Harrelson did a job. I don't know if it's a, that's a nominated performance, but I thought he did a good job. And also, I think Sam Rockwell's more of a leading actor than a supporting actor in this film. I mean, he's the he's the 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 consistent male presence throughout the yeah. entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's more strategy. This is the, this is the, submit, oh, sure. <laughs> submit yourself in the supporting role. Cause yeah. you have a better you have shot. A better at winning. Shot, oh, sure. And also it's, it's, it's Francis McDormand's movie. I mean, really oh, yeah. any, anyone else other than that is supporting. supporting. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more. We'll do our original screenplay. This was get out won this. And we kind of saw this coming as Good. far as, uh, yeah. um, if it, if like, it didn't, I would have like, it had to leave with that. You at look least. at, you look at like, uh, um, all the screenplays here, The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Um, it also had to do with, I think, is that like, well, we're not going to give Get Out any of these other awards. Let's give them the screenplay award. And if you look so. at that, like, so so Big Sick is a very original because it's their actual story yeah. that they went right. through. Mm-hmm. Shape of Water, obviously very, very Very unique. original. Mm-hmm. Lady but, Bird, but with roots in in Frankenstein, in, in right. old and, classic and horror, yeah. I mean, from the Black Lagoon, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. So that's that. There's other, there's other, which doesn't make it a bad movie, but it is the best original screenplay. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, and same thing with Lady Bird. I like it, but I've seen seen coming of age. I've seen coming of like age teen teen mm-hmm. dramas before. It has a lot yeah. of the same beats. They're executed very well. They're very good actors, but Get Out. We've never seen a movie like Get Out. Right. So it's get out shape. What was the and we're missing one that you big you, six shape of water, Lady Bird, and uh, three billboards. And three billboards. Three billboards is a it's an acting movie, right? It's not a story movie. No, right. You right. know, there's no there's no real story except woman is mad. Yeah, um, and right, the screenplay right. is its weakest part, in my opinion. Yeah, but the, but it, but it doesn't matter because with those actors, it doesn't. It's gonna sing sure, no matter right. what. You're gonna make so, it work. But that's, so this, I was happy to see. But the this get is a thing one. where like they could have given Wind River a nod here. Right. Wind River right. could have got a nomination here. It should have mm-hmm. got a nomination for best picture. They could have done nine. They could have kept in Mike's fucking toast clothes movie. Yeah. And and and, and given Wind you know, River or something. Hostels could have been in here somewhere Hostel, too. Absolutely. Hostels mm-hmm. could have been in there. Like this uh, is Florida the thing. Project? Florida Project only got nominated right. uh, for. But is that, is that, because I'm being told that that was the biggest uh, uh, snub of all time. It got uh, nominated for actor and supporting. That's the only yes. nomination. It's good. It I mean, yeah, it's it's a good, it's a, it's a really solid film. It moves very slow because it's through the eyes of a, of a seven-year-old girl. So there's a lot of like, I get it. Yeah, she lives in a shitty situation and she's just a kid having fun trying to figure it out and and but there's there's not a big there's not a big um story arc. I see. Without giving stuff away. I right. mean, it's 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 a it's a good movie and it's very well So it's like a poor kid? They live near Disney World, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, What is her breakfast like? Yeah. <laughs> Is it quiet or loud? <laughs> it's a loud. That's a loud. It's a loud movie. I don't know if Mike would like it. There's a lot of loud breakfasts. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's really worth watching, but it's one of the it's 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 um, what's that story? A story of a boy, the Linkletter movie. Boyhood. 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 It's like that without the 16 years and the kid growing up. You know how Boyhood oh, right. just kind of moves slowly, mm-hmm. just sort of shows this is the kid's life yeah. and you see some of these adults and we don't quite know that much. We, we see them a little bit. It's like that, but for three acts and, and the girl stays the same age because it just takes place over a short amount of time. It takes mm. place over like a couple of months. Right. So that's the only time where I'm watching the movie and I'm like, huh, 
Is something going to happen? I mean, is something going to happen? And right. not that every movie needs to have like, oh my God, they find a bag of money and who's, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't need a hurricane heist. No, it doesn't need a hurricane <laughs> heist, but that's the one thing that held it back. But I do agree. It could have gotten more nominations in there than just, mm-hmm. than just Willem Dafoe. Just Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do adapted screenplay. This is we call me by your name. One uh, disaster artist, Logan Molly's game, Mudbound. So nice to see Logan nominated here. Yeah. That was really cool. Agreed. Loved so, it. So um, that was one of the, you know, the times whenever you see a comic book uh, slash superhero movie nominated for anything, you're like, oh, some people actually saw this. And, but it was a really good movie. You know, it, it, it tra- was... it's one of those movies that transcends the genre. Like, you know, um, Christopher Nolan's, you know, uh, was Dark Knight. That was the one with yes. the Joker, right? Yeah, Dark Knight. Yeah. So, it, you know, when it transcends its own genre, you know, it should be recognized for that. And I think this movie did that for sure. Yeah, it's so cool because it's not a Marvel. I mean, it is a Marvel movie, but it wasn't like a big Marvel. It's a Fox movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it wasn't like a big Marvel blockbuster. It was like a Technically real now in, it's Disney. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, what isn't? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I, I saw that and get out the same day. And it wasn't. I went to the movie theater and watched them both. I was just like, oh and my like God. you said, it wasn't a giant epic like we're saving the world kind of big movie. Explosion. Yeah, big explosion. Yeah, at the end, you know, you're not fighting apocalypse at the end, you know. But or, it was uh, real. Mm-hmm. It was a character piece. It was a character right. driven. Yeah. It was a small movie with big, big parts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and call me by your name. One. Let's do. Want to do animated feature and then sure. wrap it up. Okay, animated feature. We had Boss Baby, Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Coco definitely won. Now, I thought Coco was fantastic. It was definitely Pixar's. You know, they've had a couple of um, mediocre movies, way too many Cars movies, you know, with the the good dinosaur. There's definitely been a few misfires. Um, This one I thought was like classic Pixar, back to form. Uh, It just made you tear up, made you feel, and it was just a really good uh, movie. And also, what I liked about it, too, it it did that perfect mix of um, showing um, the culture of Mexico, but not, like, throwing it in your face, like, see, we're giving you a diverse movie. We're giving you a movie about Mexican culture. No. It was a great story about family, and it just happened to have the backdrop of Mexican culture and Day of the Dead and all those things. And it just, it really put everything together nicely. So I I felt it really deserved it. You know, Pixar wins this category a fair amount of years, uh, but it definitely deserved it. This I year. thought it was scary. Yeah, yeah. Too many skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it because I'm a grown up, but uh, yeah, I yeah. heard and really good children. things. <laughs> yes. I heard so. No, I used to think Pixar made the best movies in the world. I yeah. absolutely up. I mean, all, all that stuff. The and then you'll like this one then. The Cars stuff kind of. I was like, I, I didn't even go see Cars. I was just like, all right, that's when they kind of lost me. You know, when that I was right. made for to to buy. Merch for five-year-old yeah, boys. Yeah. That's what okay. those movies And were. to build part of a theme park. But I, but I did hear really unbelievable things about Coco, so I yeah. would love yeah, to see it. I want to see it as well. It is good. It's one of the few few times I've... Now, Boss Baby, let's talk about that. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. here's the thing you don't understand. I can't believe... I, when we were doing the Oscar preview, I'm like, oh, I'm the only one who's seen Boss Baby. And Doug's like, no, I've seen it. I'm like, really? How did you see it? But, the, but yeah. this is the thing. It's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the boss. Yes. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. Okay. Now, see, hear me he, out. If you went to he's work, in a suit. say you go to work, you walk in, and they're like, hey, the boss wants to see you. You're like, oh, my God, I'm getting called on the carpet. What's going to happen here? You walk in the door, bassinet goo goo rattle. What the fuck, man? It's a, wow. it's a goddamn baby. <laughs> I've never had- Every 
everyone. I've never, <laughs> I've never had a real job, so I can't. Identify. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you're in the proletariat. I really <laughs> ah, the proletariat. You, you've never had a baby boss. You never know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this, I, this episode brought to you by Trotsky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you've got to get somewhere quickly. All right. Well, I, I heard your Trotsky. That yeah. is a yeah. supersized episode. That was Oscar wrap up, guys. Oscar season. Put it in the books. We had yeah, the, another one down. The preview up, the live stream, and then the wrap up, guys. Yeah, that's See, a lot of Oscar Oscars. Because what are you guys going to do for three weeks? They can't, it's like, it just this I is know. perfect. It's a sweet spot for you guys. What are we going to talk about? Red Sparrow for three weeks? Come oh, yeah. on, please. This is our. Duh. This is our Christmas. This is our Christmas. Yeah, Jennifer Jones takes her shirt off. That's what they should have named that movie. Uh, come on, J Law, you're better than this. I like her. I th- again, she's I like fantastic. her as a person. She's yeah. fun. She's interesting. She's funny. And then I, I saw she's this ad actress. for this movie, and I'm like, oh no, they're. I was thinking to go and it. see this movie, and then I was like, I don't know. It's it's over two hours, and uh, well, here's the thing. just after that boring one in space we just had. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. not unlike Boss Baby. Here's the thing about Red Sparrow. It's <laughs> okay. a sparrow. Yeah. Get this. <laughs> what color is it? Hold on a second. Blue. Come on, what are you thinking? Green? Absolutely not a sparrow that's green? I don't know. I don't know birds. Red sparrow, dude. Oh, my God. That's the twist. (laughs) And the red actually means... What the... (gasps) Communism. Holy macaroni. Because remember, Russia's responsible for everything. Oh, no. uh, (laughs) You know, they made Black Widow. Now, here's the thing about that movie. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, God. You find a widow. It's got a widow, right? So you got a widow, a normal widow. You're just like, all right, whatever. I got a widow. I got. I, it's no movie. I don't have a movie with a widow. <laughs> However, you throw a black at the front of it. That's a widow who's black. And I'm, it could be the veil. could be the skin. could be all of it. could be the whole package. Black <laughs> widow. Movie. Done. <laughs> this is what we need a band to play Mike off. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That concludes our Oscars wrap-up episode. Part always, one. Always, yes. Part two is... <laughs> <laughs> always great to have Mike Schmidt for these. Always honored to be asked. Mm-hmm. One of the first uh, live... One of the first post-wrap-ups we did was with Mike Schmidt. Yes. Mm-hmm. At my old place that I lost to foreclosure, thanks to Obama. Why li- um, we live-tweeted that entire yes. thing yes. together, all of us. Yes. yes. Um, so uh, thanks for being on the show. Mike Schmidt, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Well, you know, you guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can find me at Facebook.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. And get this, I'm 50 years old, and yet I've involved myself in Snapchat and Instagram. Happy birthday. <laughs> and my name there is Mike40YOB. That's mike 4 I'm sorry, I was just picturing that Obama coming to Graham's house going, you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it shook out. He <laughs> <laughs> literally like, oh, I Obama. Price for peace. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Wrap sorry. It up. Sorry. Yeah, you got to you, you got to go. You got to vacate the valley. Can so. I get somewhere? Can I go to Van Nuys? No, you have to leave the entire valley. <laughs> yeah, I had to move out of the whole valley. And uh, the website's MikeSchmidtComedy.com, and uh, the podcast is the Forty Year Old Boy, available on iTunes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which is also featured in earbuds, everybody. Yes. Which is available at the Comedy Film Nerd Store. Mm-hmm. As Download well as uh, iTunes, and also if you have Amazon Prime, you could stream mm-hmm. it. There you mm-hmm. go. Every time you stream it on Amazon Prime, I think we get uh, half a penny. Yep. So uh, it'll add up in a uh, hundred years <laughs> when we're doing this wrap up again. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just the heads in jars. I thought Sam Rockwell the Eighth was very effective in this film. <laughs> you know what I really liked was Boss, 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 Baby. That wasn't a bad movie at all. Well, Christopher Plummer just got another award. <laughs> oh my so. Christ! Oh, and I love Gone, Boss, Baby, Gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boss, Baby, Driver. Come on, we could do this all goddamn you could night. And you should. <laughs> Oh, so, thank you, Aaron right. Brungart, on the ones and twos for chiming in. Um, we appreciate everybody here at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. Oh, how'd you do in your Oscar poll, Aaron? Uh, I lost. Hang on. 
Uh, I did not win. Oscar, uh, appropriately named, uh, upstairs. He got twenty one. What? Twenty one. He picked twenty one. Yeah, that's a tie. Twenty one. Wow. He wow. crushed. Doug had sixteen. We and we each had thirteen. Twenty one. Yeah. That's the best that's I've heard. That's the best I've heard. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Graham Elwood, and I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. first.